Today is May 25th. Why does the Bible have two parts? Let's find out together as we study Mark 14, 22 to 26. So, as Jesus is celebrating what we've come to know as the Lord's Supper with his disciples, he comes to the key part that we remember periodically in our own liturgy at church. Mark chapter 14, starting to read in verse 22, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them. They all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, in uh, this passage, we have what is recorded the only time Jesus used the word covenant with his disciples in his ministry. Only here and in the other Gospels, and only in this context, Jesus breaks bread, Jesus drinks wine. He says this is the blood of the new covenant. Very, very interesting. Now, Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul talks about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Then the author of Hebrews does the very same thing from chapters 8 to chapter 10. And when he does that, the author of Hebrews uses a word to refer to the old covenant that's very specific. Old does not refer to old in years. Old refers to old in usage. The old covenant is no longer useful for the follower of Christ, at least useful for salvation. It has other uses, and we'll see that before we come to the end of this study today. But there were two different words for old and new. The biblical writers use a term for the old that simply says it is no longer helpful to us, especially as we look at salvation. So let's look at the Old Testament. Um, we see a long line of covenants that God makes with different people, key figures throughout uh, the Old Testament. The first one is the covenant that he makes with Noah. Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. 
I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant. And he puts the rainbow in the clouds. What the Lord does with Noah, this is called the Noahic uh, covenant. Uh, God makes a covenant to not destroy the earth by water ever again. There will no longer be a flood. And what he tells Noah to do is exactly what he told Adam and Eve to do. Be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. A few chapters later, we uh, were introduced to Abraham. And in chapter 15, something very interesting happens. Abraham takes animals, cuts them in two, puts half on each side of the road, and then he has a vision. In that vision, a pillar of fire walks between the animals. Abraham walks with them. That's the way they made covenants, business deals in their day. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, God says, so the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day and said, I've given this land to your descendants all the way to the border of Egypt, to the great Euphrates River. God's covenant with Abraham was that Abraham's descendants would occupy a certain region of the world. You know the story how Abraham and his children eventually were taken into captivity in Egypt. There they begin to suffer and they begin to cry out to God. Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant that he'd made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew that it was time to act. Later in chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, when Moses um, talked to Pharaoh, uh, they say, uh, Yahweh said, I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves to the Egyptians. I am well aware of my covenant with them. All of the Exodus was because God remembered his covenant. So God delivers Israel. They leave Egypt. They're no longer a slave nation. They go to Mount Sinai, they receive the book of the law. And then in chapter 24, verse 7, Moses took the book of the covenant and he read it aloud to the people and they all responded, we'll do everything the Lord has commanded, we will obey. Then Moses took the blood from the basins, splattered it over the people, declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. 
God made a covenant with the entire nation of Israel. They promised to obey. They didn't. So by the time we get to the 8th century and the 6th century, the, the 4th century before Christ, um, the great periods of prophets who ministered to Israel, all of the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they all talk about a new covenant that God will make. Ezekiel says, I'll make a covenant that I will write on the flesh of your heart, not on the stony heart that your ancestors had. Let me read for you what, I, what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. The day is coming, said the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant won't be like the one that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and I brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife. But this is a new covenant I'll make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I'll put my instructions deep within them. I'll write them on their hearts. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. They won't need to teach their neighbors, nor do they need to teach their relatives, saying you should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. The prophets, the, the prophets promised a new covenant. Jesus with his disciples said, drink this wine, it's the blood of the new covenant. Then he went out and made the sacrifice to effect that covenant. The Old Testament, we no longer follow the Old Testament for salvation. It continues to be important. Zach and I did a podcast recently about the importance of the Old Testament. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. The Old Testament points the way to God and to Jesus. The New Testament, the New Covenant, points to the path of discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus. So I ask you today, do you know the Old Testament? You got to know it to understand God. You've got to know it to make sense of what Jesus did. But the New Covenant, the New Testament, shows us how to live as we follow Jesus. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Send your questions and comments to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see Peter's denial.